Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Sutton service. To hear talks from each of our services, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Uh, hi everyone, happy Christmas uh, from me. If you don't know me, uh, my name is Andy and I lead this service with my wife Joy. Uh, happy Christmas uh, to you all. Uh, this is the talky part of the service, but I promise it will not be longer than 15 minutes. So mulled wine and mince pies are on the horizon. Uh, enjoy the chocolate coins. Hope they keep you going uh, through the talk. Um, if you don't know uh, me and my family, uh, we are massive fans of Christmas. Uh, we actually had our tree up before fireworks night this year. So we've been counting down uh, for a long time. We just love everything about Christmas. And um, there's only one thing I don't like, uh, which is the moment when you're opening a present in front of somebody else. And as you're opening it, uh, you know that you don't like it, um, but you don't want to offend the person who's given it to you. So you basically have to feign joy and excitement while at the same time looking for the receipt. Um, uh, and I know, I know um, you can relate to what I'm saying. Um, last year, there was a survey. Over 50% of people took back Chris, uh, gifts at Christmas time. So I know this is something we all experience. Uh, my worst uh, near miss uh, when it came to a Christmas present was actually a gift uh, they almost got from my wife, Joy. Um, sorry to uh, drop you in it. But um, in the run-up to Christmas a few years ago, um, she suddenly kind of blurted out, oh, you're so hard to buy for. And I was like, oh, I'm really easy to buy for. You know, books, uh, alcohol, clothes. Like, I'm really easy to buy for. By the way, feel free to take notes during the talk. We really approve uh, of that. She said, no, 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 they're really boring gifts. I hate buying boring gifts. I want to buy something more exciting. I'm like, no, I'm a boring person. I, I mean... The jumper speaks for itself. I like boring gifts. She's like, no, no, no. Well, a few days later, we're kind of, I don't know, scrolling Netflix uh, or something. And uh, there was a program um, about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And I just kind of said, oh, I might watch that. You know, might give it a look. And Joey was like, really? I was like, yeah, you know, I like that kind of stuff. And she was like, oh, okay. Thought nothing on it. We, we kind of scrolled on, watched something else. Well, a few nights later, I came into our living room, and Joy suddenly jumped and threw her device across the sofa. I'm like, what have I stumbled upon here? So uh, I picked up her device. True story. A quick check of her internet browsing history. I was basically about two mouse clicks away from my main Christmas present being, drumroll, he put the slide up, uh, a weekend of fancy dress, medieval camping. <laughs> Thanks, bestie. Um, just what I always wanted. Um, the Lord spared me uh, from that. Now, um, the reason I um, use that as an illustration is not just a light opening to the talk. Um, it's actually, in some ways, uh, a metaphor for life. I wonder how many of us have moments in our life where we kind of open the packaging and think, that's not what I wanted. I wonder how many of us look back on our lives and think, oh, wish I could exchange that bit. We should never had to go through that. Like, oh, I really hoped life would look a little different from the way it looks even right now. You know, so many of the images on our screens about Christmas almost have unrealistic levels of kind of coziness and love and joy and family. It's a fairly obvious point. That's not everybody's experience of Christmas. In fact, I wonder if there's anyone here and you're actually not looking forward to Christmas time. Or maybe you're feeling a little apprehensive about what 20... 24 might hold. There's a whole load of fragility and brokenness in our world right now if you've watched the news. How do you have faith in the midst of all of that? How do you find God 
in the midst of all of that. Uh, we are doing a series on Advent uh, this month. Two weeks ago, we looked at hope. Uh, last week, we looked at love. Absolutely brilliant talk, by the way. I did not give it, um, so I heartily recommend it. Go to the website, go to the talks. Uh, you really need to listen to that. Uh, so we've done hope, we've done love. Today, we're looking at faith. How can I have faith in God? How can I find God in the midst of a world that does not go the way that I always want it to go? Uh, when we started this series a couple of weeks ago, one of the things I said is when the church calendar was originally formed, largely uh, in Europe, uh, largely in Rome, it was put deliberately at this time of the year because it's the darkest time of the year. The shortest day of the year is this coming Thursday to kind of symbolize the darkness that we all go through in our lives and our longing for light to break in. We're waiting for something or someone to come. How do we have faith? How do we find God in the midst of all of that? Uh, as Joy uh, said a few moments ago, one of the things we run as a church is the Alpha Course, which is just a really brilliant introduction to the Christian faith. One of the reasons I like it so much is often when you're out with friends, uh, if you're like me, conversation can often stay at a very superficial level. Now, you talk about the week, you talk about the stuff you've got coming up, but it can remain uh, pretty shallow. And this is just a great opportunity to go a bit deeper. What's life really all about? What's going on in the midst of your life? Like, could Jesus, could God be real? If he is, what does that mean for me and you? We just love to invite you to our home. Uh, 24th of January, Wednesday evenings for about nine weeks. We'll provide food. You watch a film, you have a discussion. It's a great chance to make uh, some really great friends as well. Well, uh, we've been running Alpha for uh, a number of years. This is an illustration, by the way, I bring out every couple of years. So some of you may have heard it before, but I find it actually really helpful, which is why I use it. Uh, one of the things we do at the end of the Alpha course uh, sometimes is we send out a questionnaire just to work out how can we make this even more helpful for people. And uh, one of the questions we sometimes ask in the questionnaire is, is this question, uh, which is, would you have described yourself as having a Christian faith at the beginning of the Alpha course? Fairly straightforward question. Um, here are some of the answers that people gave. Yes, but without any real experience of a relationship with God. Sort of, possibly, not sure. In inverted commas, Christian. Yes, though looking back, possibly no. No, a semi-Christian. Now, I totally get why people might answer that question that way. But I just want you to imagine that you came up to my wife, Joy, at the end of the service and asked her this question. Joy... Are you married? Joy, are you married? Imagine if her answer was yes, but without any real experience of a relationship. What do you think? Joy, are you married? Sort of. Not sure. Joy, are you married? Well, you know, I'm married. You know, married. Uh, Joy, are you married? Yes. Though looking back, possibly no. Um, Joy, are you married? Well, you know, semi-married. Like you'd think either she's crazy or she's signaling her availability. I mean, one or the other. Like, how do you know that you're married? I'd suggest there's three things. Like, how do I know that I'm married? Number one, an event took place. A picture coming up on the screen, um, around about 2007-ish. We've not changed a bit. I think you'd uh, all agree. <laughs> Something happened in history there's an event, there is a moment that means I can look back and say, yeah, I, I think that I'm married. Well, it's exactly the same with faith. How do I know, how can I have faith in the midst of a world that is very dark and broken? Something happened 2,000 years ago that changed everything. I wonder if you've ever wondered, why do we start our new year on the 1st of January? 
Uh, here's the reason. It actually came up in one of the verses that we can easily gloss over that Betsy read brilliantly uh, for us a little earlier. On the eighth day after a child was born in Israel, the child will be taken to the temple and given their name. Well, we celebrate Christmas Day on the 25th of December, not actually after a pagan festival. The early church wouldn't have done that. That's a, a, a myth. Uh, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, on the eighth day, what we now call the 1st of January, Jesus would have been taken to the temple and given his name. And it's still a wonder to me that as all of us celebrate Christmas and New Year, in many ways we are still living in the ripples of the impact of the most important person who ever lived in all of history. And we just often don't realize it. How, how do I know I'm married? How do I have faith? Something happened in history that I can hold on to and look back on. Secondly, how do I know that I'm married? Well, there is a document that can be trusted. A picture on the screen of uh, my wedding certificate. Uh, this is attested by witnesses. This is legally binding. If you want proof that I'm married, there's something I can put in your hands. That is evidence. Well, it's exactly the same with faith. There is a document. It's called the Bible. And one of the things you can explore on the Alpha course is actually, uh, this is historically reliable, way more than we might think. It's attested by witnesses. And it tells the story of Jesus of Nazareth. And one of the things I love about the Bible is it's just grounded in reality. The story does not go that Jesus came along and suddenly all is light and glory. Now, the story goes, that's still to come. That's why we have hope. We're looking forward to that. The story is earthy. There's trouble and pain and suffering. So much so, it even takes Jesus to the cross. But in the midst of all that earthiness, you get words like, nothing can separate us from the love of God. In the darkness of our world, we get peace. We get joy. We get hope. We experience, oh, I'm loved, even in the midst of the darkness. And before we are tempted to dismiss that as mere sentiment. Let's remember people have given their lives so we can have the words of the scriptures in our hands. How can I have faith? How do I know I'm married? Well, there's an event in history that changed everything and there's a document that I can hold on to in the midst of the darkness. But then thirdly, how do I know that I'm married? Well, I have an ongoing experience of a relationship. I can't prove that Joy loves me. I can't even prove to you scientifically that she's real. You know, maybe she's a figment of my imagination. Maybe she's a very effective hologram. But the reality is the ongoing experience of our relationship is actually enough for me, for me to think, yeah, I, I think I'm married. You know, there are times in my life, many times actually, when I don't feel God. When God seems far away, when I have questions of my own, when I go through things in my life that I would not have chosen for myself. Where I go, God, where are you? And in those times, falling back on, oh, this event that changed history, and the words of the scriptures, nothing can separate me from God's love. They anchor me in the storm. I'm not driven by emotion. I've got something to hold on to. However, I have also lost count of the times when the life and power and grace of God have broken into the darkness of my world. And there are millions of people around the world, and many in this room right now, who would testify to exactly the same thing. You know, because of my job, uh, I often get into questions uh, or conversations with people about what life is all about, and about God and faith. And the conversations I have about, well, was Jesus real? Like, can you rely on the Bible? They're really interesting conversations, sure. 
But the conversations I have about personal experience, they're always, always the most interesting ones. Because actually, if you're talking with friends, actually, when you talk about God breaking into your world, uh, people are too nice to say, well, that's just fantasy. You're making it up. Usually, usually what people say is, well, you know what? Here's the darkness I've walked through. Here's the pain I'm even going through right now, and I would love the same to happen to me. Well, that's the promise of Christmas. Though our world is dark and broken, though there is pain, at that first Christmas, light broke into the darkness through the person of Jesus, and he wants to break into the darkness of my own heart so I can then take that light and show others. And if you want to find out more, if you would love the light of God to break into the darkness of your own world, I just want to suggest one or two things. Number one, come back to church. Like we're not here for the next two Sundays, but we're back on the 7th of January. We are just a community of very flawed, very broken people who long for more of the light and love of God to break into the darkness of our world. That, that's who we are. And if you look around the room and think, wow, these people don't look very broken, trust me, I know most of them. They are messed up, okay? <laughs> this is a messed up community. But we just long for more of God's light in the midst of the darkness. We have amazing Sundays. We have boring Sundays. We have everything in between. But actually, in the midst of it, I hope you find some amazing friendships and that you get to experience God too. Secondly, if you don't come to church, try Alpha. Just come to our home in the new year. We'd love to welcome you. It's just nine evenings of your life to explore the most important person who ever lived in all of history. I think that's time very well spent. What have you got to lose? One final story before um, uh, we sing a final carol. There's an old Christmas story, probably mythical, about a farmer who looked out over his fields and uh, it was freezing cold, like minus 15 degrees. So the snow has kind of frozen to ice. And he sees these birds, and they, they basically can't peck through the ice. It's too hard to get the kind of worms and grubs in the ground. So um, he just thinks these birds are going to die. So he has compassion on these birds, and he goes out into his fields. He opens one of his barns. He lights a fire. He throws out some seeds. And then he tries to get the birds into the barn. And everything that he tries doesn't work. The birds just fly away. The birds cannot conceive that something as big and intimidating and scary as the farmer would ever be interested in their well-being. And after a long while, the farmer comes back inside and he looks over the fields a bit frustrated. And he thinks for, to himself wistfully, you know, I wish, maybe just for five minutes, that I could become a bird. And I could show them by flying into that barn, they will find salvation. And in that moment, he understood a little bit of the story of Christmas. That God became vulnerable like us. He subjected himself to the darkness. In order that through him, we might find light and hope and salvation. That's why Christmas matters so much. And so my prayer for all of us, whether you have faith or not, my prayer for all of us this Christmas time is twofold. Firstly, um, I promise you there will be moments this Christmas when you don't feel God. There'll be moments when you feel a bit blue, moments when you get a bit disappointed, moments when you open a prison and, ah, oh, it's not what I hoped for. And I hope in those moments the reality of what happened 2,000 years ago and words like nothing can separate you from God's love, I hope they anchor you in the midst of a world that's still full of darkness right now. But I also pray this, that at least once for every single one of you this Christmas, there is at least a moment when it feels like the light and love and grace of Jesus breaks into the darkness of your world. 
I hope every single person here gets a taste of, oh, I'm loved. I can have light in the midst of the darkness. And to that end, I would just love to pray for that right now. I wonder if I could invite um, the musicians out. That would be fantastic. You can stay seated while I pray. And just as I pray, I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. But if you would love God's light to break into your world, whether you have faith or not, then as I'm praying, you can just say in your own heart, God, I'd love that to happen to me. Let's see what happens this Christmas. Maybe even right now, you'll experience God drawing close through his Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, we just sit before you now in all our brokenness, in all our weakness. And we just bring our weakness to you and we invite you now to draw close. And I want to ask that because of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, that the light and grace and love of God would break into our worlds this Christmas time. I pray for every single person in this room, those watching online, for all our children. Holy Spirit, we ask, would you come? I want to ask that the words of Scripture that say things like, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I pray that would become real for us this Christmas time. And that our faith would not rest alone on what happened 2,000 years ago or the words of Scripture, but actually for every single one of us, it would become a living reality. And I want to pray, even as we sing now, that the love of Jesus would draw close to us. And through whatever we are walking through right now, that somehow we just sense God is near. God is with me. Jesus loves me so much. And for everyone in this room who's saying, Jesus, I'd like that to happen to me, would you break into their lives this Christmas time, we pray. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I ask you to stand with that?